Welcome inside the newsroom. My name is Kelsey Bradshaw and I'm the news editor at the University Star. Today I'm here with Carly Porterfield, the assistant news editor at the University Star. Reynaldo Leanos Jr., the news director at KTSW 89.9. And Sarah Duran, news reporter for KTSW 89.9. All right, welcome back. How's everybody's week been? Good. Good, right? It's yeah. been interesting. <laughs> it's been good. Um, as per usual, it's been a great week for news. We had some really fun headlines this week, a lot of feature pieces, and the first one we did actually ran in Thursday's paper, so I guess you could say it was the last one we did, so I was lying, my bad. We did a story about free speech on campus, and originally what the story was supposed to be was our reporter, Anna. She, um, We wanted to do a you know little history of the free speech zone on campus, and she found out about this thing that happened in 1969 with 10 students and the Vietnam War. And so what happened was in November, about 100 students rallied around the fighting stallions over in the quad. And at the time, like Derek hadn't been built yet. Like we found all these really cool old photos and it's just like the stallions are just there. And it was, I don't know, it's really cool to look at. <laughs> anyway, so all these students were rallying around and they did a nonviolent anti-war protest and it was silent. They did not speak and they were just chilling in the quad protesting the Vietnam War. And at the time, the university policy and procedure statement on free speech only permitted campus expression in an area on the edge of campus on Fridays after 4 p.m. So within minutes of the demonstration, Floyd Martin, who was the dean of students at the time, he came out and was like, hey, you guys have to leave the area or suffer the consequences. And so a bunch of students did leave and 10 students remained and they continued to protest, silent protest, after his announcement and they became known they came to be known as the San Marcos 10, and they were expelled for their actions, and all of their course credit earned at the university was erased. Wow. So Anna was, like, calling me and was like, Kelsey, the free speech story has changed. I just learned about <laughs> this thing and, like, all this crazy stuff. And it was really exciting because we went to the university archives, and there's all these old black and white photos of this protest going on and all of, you know, the dean coming out and, like, saying things and being like, you need to leave right now and giving an ultimatum. And so what we found out is that the students contacted the American Civil Liberties Union before their protest, and what they said was they were advised to remain silent and not block any sidewalks, and so that way they would be within their rights. But instead, <laughs> they got kicked out of school and all of their grades were erased. So ACL rep ACLU representatives who were there filed a lawsuit on the student's behalf, and it was a very long legal battle. Wow. Yes, and eventually the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, I mean, it went through a few courts before it was settled. They upheld the school's decision in Bayless versus Martine, which you can look that up and see all of the reasons. It's very interesting. If you want to go look that up on the internet, I recommend it. And so this was just, I don't know, this was so interesting to do, and we had a lot of cool photos from it, and we were actually able to talk to a University Star alum. His name Ooh. is Bill Cunningham, and he was a sophomore at the time, back in 1969, and he was managing editor at the Star, and he was fired from the Star for mm -hmm. writing an editorial condemning the actions of the university toward the students. And wow. so we were able to talk to him, too, and he was just like, as a journalist, like it's very important to have free yeah. speech, and I'm sure you guys can all agree with that. Right. And so... Um, what happened was uh, we went and talked to this thing called the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education to see what's our free speech like today. Like, what's it like compared from 1969 to now? And the way that it's changed is students are no longer getting expelled for doing protests and rallies in the quad. And we've been certified as a yellow light school. And what that means is we're kind of average as far as free speech goes, because they have three rankings, and it's red light, yellow light, and green light. And red light means one or more policies are in violation of the student's constitutional rights. 
Yellow light schools, again, average kind of ambiguous policies leaving room for abuse of students' rights. And then green light schools are completely in the clear and they abide by the Constitution. And so only one in five yellow light schools, or there's only five yellow light schools that exist in Texas, and Texas State is one of those. So that was really cool to see too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the overall like finished product, like I really liked it also. Just I really liked the photos that y'all had in the front page. Like there was like one from the past and then one showing what the stallions look like now. Yeah. I thought that was like a really cool like representation of of the story itself. Especially because protests, I don't know what it is about this semester, but I just feel like there's mm-hmm. a protest once a week in yeah. the quad. Like there's always something happening in the quad. Mm-hmm. So. I especially liked hearing from Bill Cunningham, kind of like a youth star alumni because um, I think it kind of puts into perspective how good student journalists have it now. I mean, it's by no means perfect, but we have it so much better. And um, to put it into kind of like historical context, I did a similar story like this last semester for a school project because I had to interview my grandmother because she was actually here during these protests. And she told me that the reason that the um, dean actually cracked down really hard was because Lyndon Baines Johnson was president at the time and he was kind of the one forwarding the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want like his old school to be kind of bashing him. Yeah. He said that, my, well, my grandmother said that's the reason why they went so down so hard on wow. the students. And then speaking of how good journalists have it nowadays, we actually have one of University Star's journalists here with us in the studio, Mr. John Wilcox, Ooh. reporter at large. Hello. And he was able to go to the Torchy's Tacos grand opening and get some tacos this week. Yes, it was a wonderful experience going to the grand opening. Cold though, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> the grand opening was at seven in the morning, so I got there at six fifty. There were already there was already a line of ten or twenty people in front of the Torchy's Tacos. It was cold. It was dark, <laughs> like like pitch black dark, <laughs> and and like really windy. Uh, like the the people in front of me in the line were uh, penguining. Which is, I guess, <laughs> like when you put your faces together and like all put your backs out. All in the name of tacos, out. too, all right? Tacos. Dedicated <laughs> right there. Yeah, it's definitely some hardcore fans there that day. So uh, it turned 7 o'clock and no one opened the doors. Then it was 7.01, 7.02. And finally the guy in the front of the line just pushed through the door and everyone followed him into the store. That sounds about right for tacos. <laughs> Rampage for tacos. <laughs> right. I would. <laughs> I was about to say, if I had been there and I had been standing outside all morning, I definitely would have been breaking into a business. <laughs> and then uh, I know the Exxon gas station is right next door, and that's like a big place that people go to for tacos in San Marcos, which I just recently became a part of. I was, I'm was i a Lolita, Lolita's tacos kind of gal, and Keesum, the sports editor here, was like, nah, man, you got to have Exxon, and they're really good. Like, yeah. I, I don't know why I was surprised, but they were really good. <laughs> they are really good. I'm from the Valley, yeah. and that's, like, a thing also to get, like, tacos from the Exxon store. Like, it's, they're really good. Because we have a Torchy's Tacos in Dallas, and so I was really pumped. And then I had just started eating Exxon tacos, and I was like, all right, these are the tacos for me. Were you able to talk to anyone at Exxon, John? Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually had an uh, a fried avocado taco at Torchy's, and I threw about half of it away. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> Blasphemy. How dare you? <laughs> So uh, I immediately went over to the Exxon and I got my favorite taco there, which is the uh, beef tongue with onion and cilantro and green salsa on a flour tortilla. Interesting mix. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Very, very traditional. And uh, I happened to talk to one of the dudes who works there and I asked him, so with this giant Torchy's Tacos opening next door, like, are you worried about your profits? Are you worried about your business? And he was like, 
no, like we've been here. We've we, we're in the taco business. And he said uh, he wanted to tell Torchy's Tacos, welcome to the big game. Oh, <laughs> a my big goodness. taco Competition game. Competition day one. All right. Well, thank you for being our t- our local taco expert this week. Oh, my John. pleasure. I'm glad you went and got tacos. Maybe this can be a regular thing. We this just talk be. about tacos a lot. Right. And just kind of have a taco segment. I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah. It's like a main food group here yeah, in San Marcos, right. basically. Say, especially <laughs> for college students. Nice and cheap, too. Exactly. Moving away from tacos, Calabuse Museum reopened this past week. Yeah, and um, I sent out... Well, actually, I didn't send out anybody. I went myself <laughs> to this. I forgot about that. Just kidding. Um, yeah, a long I, week. <laughs> I went out to the Calaboose Museum, the Calaboose African American History Museum, which um, had their re-grand opening of their museum because they had closed down, um, I think, like 18 months prior due to budget cuts. So I was just there um, trying to see, I mean, what, what type of museum, what type of exhibits they're going to have, who was going to show up, and just kind of get a feel for what the atmosphere was like. And in the process, I mean, I learned so much about just African American history and culture here in San Marcos, you know. And it was interesting. There was an interesting mix of people there. Um, one of the Georgia Cheatham, she was one of the first African American students um, that integrated here to, into Texas State University. She was there, so I was able to talk to her a little bit and get to, get get her perspective, I guess, to like what time was like back then. Um, but Sarah, do you want to go ahead and um, mention, I guess, some of the history of the actual museum as well? Yeah, definitely, Ray. So first of all, this is a great story. Man, talk about history in San Marcos for you. What I found unique about the Calaboose Museum was that it was actually a lot of things before it became a museum. (laughs) Um, It was Hayes County's first jail back in 1873, and then when that was no longer in use, it became the USO Club for Black Soldiers who served during World War II, which I thought was pretty unique. And when the war ended, it became a community center, and then it also functioned as a cafe. And then when the building stopped being used, it turned into... Hey, what is it, Ray? Well, the city, when it stopped being used, the city wanted to kind of, the city wanted to demolish it, basically, because the building kind of started to fall apart. So Johnny Armstead, who's the founder of the museum, um, brought it up to the city council, and in 1990, it became an official Texas historic landmark, which basically protected it from being torn apart in the future. And... uh, yeah, I mean, that was a really big instrumental part, and she's, like, known as the founder. In the in the, in the exhibit itself, there was, like, a whole wall dedicated to, to the founder and just basically wow. celebrating her, you know? And, yeah, it was just a really, really good um, moment, I guess, mm-hmm. to learn about the history here in San Marcos pertaining to, like, African-American culture and just to keep history going and culture as well. Yeah, and definitely. The next part of our segment is um, <laughs> headlines of the week. Quotes and of the week. Quotes of the week. Thank you. Thank no you. Problem. Quotes of the week. Quotes Don't want to confuse anyone. <laughs> Very important. And our quote comes from the story that we're just talking about right now about the Calaboose Museum. And Reverend Derek Ben was one of the people who attended the, the celebration. And it's kind of lengthy, but I, I really liked this quote. So he said, We thank you for the days like this when we can come together to remember the things you have done and remember how things were and how things are and knowing the difference in how far you've brought us. We thank you for a community that comes together that is representation that is uh, that is representative of all races and different ethnicities for the diversity of San Marcos, even in the celebration of African-American history. We pray that this will be a place where people can come and travel and learn their history. And when they come to San Marcos to get an education, perhaps they will come here and get an education on history as well. And that quote just really stuck out to me because it's kind of just showcased the overarching theme of what the celebration meant to the African-American community, to San Marcos in general, you know, to keep history alive. So that was just a really 
good quote that stuck out to me. And then another part of history, kind of moving back to the university, is student government. And this week, we'll be electing a new student government president and vice president. They won't be starting their terms until June, once Tiffany Young and Sean Queen Nonis, the right, they're currently president and vice president of SG, they'll be leaving office at that time. But we talked to Tiffany since elections are this week, and we were just kind of seeing her experience with SG and what she's going to do afterwards. And what she said was, it's been an amazing experience, and I don't think that I can ever put a price on the knowledge I've gained and the relationships I've started. I'm excited to see where the organization goes next, and I'm excited I'll be there to see it all. So that was just like a nice little quote from her, because she's not graduating, so she'll be here next year. And she said, you know, maybe I'll be a senator or something like that, be on some sort of committee in student government next year, and so she'll still be around. So that'll be fun to see, and I'm excited to see who gets president, who gets vice yeah. president. Yeah, so today's the night. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be super fun. Um, I'm excited. And then coming up next week, Carly actually has a really cool thing that she's doing with student government. Right. Um, I'm actually interested. I kind of pitched this idea to Kelsey last week, and I was like, I'd really like to see kind of like the role that student government has played throughout the years at Texas State. And because um, I know that recently they've been getting a little bit of criticism about how active they are. So um, I actually got in contact with some people who are on city who are currently on city council, some people who actually are in, like involved with the federal government now who are on student government when they were in school here, when, back when it was Southwest Texas State. And so it's been really interesting to like hear their stories and kind of like get an idea with how it's changed over the years. And I'm really looking forward to the article to be written by me. <laughs> I think that's how we all feel when we write a story. Yeah. Like, um, excuse really me, though. I wrote this. This is my name. Did Read it. This? this is my byline. Mom, this please beautiful. hang this up on the fridge. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't mean for it to come out like that, but like, I mean it. Like, I, I mean it. Yeah, okay. I mean, you, you're proud of your work, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, moving on to another story we'll be working on for next week is we're gonna look into seeing if food waste is a growing problem in the city and how popular composting is because there's gonna be a master composter class that the city of San Marcos and Bobcat Blend, an organization on campus, are going to be hosting. And so that'll be a cool little thing to find out. So we're excited for that, too. Yeah, and then I'll shamelessly, I'll shamelessly say that I'll be working on the story <laughs> of... Um, we're obsessed with ourselves. <laughs> of um, just how the provost and President Denise Trout um, traveled to the legislature. They went to the Senate. They went to the House. And kind of just what they were asking for was money to help um, build a new science and engineering building here at Texas State, as well as the health professions building at the Route Route campus. So I'll be working on that story. I'm kind of ex I'm really excited about it to see I mean, cool what was discussed and yeah. all, all that jazz, basically. And then a second story that we'll be doing is um, I have one of my reporters, Trevor Frank, who we contacting SMPD to kind of just like get an idea, like if campus carry was to pass, you know, what kind of like changes and adjustments would UPD need to make, if any, you know, if this were to pass since it did pass to the Senate. But yeah, so those are some things that we'll be working on. All right, cool. As always, thanks for joining us this week on Inside the Newsroom. Be sure to look for us every Friday on iTunes, SoundCloud, the University Stars website, and KTSW's website. Leave any questions or comments on either website or tweet at us using the hashtag NewsroomTXST. Don't forget to pick up the University Star and listen to KTSW every week. <laughs>